Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bikes or Death podcast. My name is Patrick, and I'm your host. And this is the show that talks about bikepacking, adventuring, and the cool people who participate. Today's guest is Kate Gates, who is one of the owners of Mulberry Gap in Elijah, Georgia. I'm saying that wrong, I know, and she'll correct me later in the podcast. Uh, we sat down during the bikepacking summit. Uh, snuck her away. Um, it was a very, very, very busy weekend for her and her husband, Andrew. Um, Andrew wasn't able to join because like I said, he was busy. Um, but I did have a great chat with Kate. Um, really love everything that they have going on there, how they're accommodating the, the cyclists, the mountain bikers and the bike packers and how they really are providing a huge service and a resource to people who want to recreate on their bike in that part of the world. Um, we have a great conversation. She is a lot of fun and I think you are going to enjoy it. But before we get to the episode, just a couple quick things in the way of housekeeping. First, the bikes or death van drive is still going strong. We are about to hit a thousand dollars worth of donations. Thank you so much to everybody who has donated. And to sweeten the pot, I reached out to some friends in the industry uh, and asked if they would be willing to donate some items that can be raffled away uh, for the Bikes or Death van drive. And a lot of them were very willing to do that. I got a lot of really neat stuff. I'm gonna be posting all of them on Instagram. I've kind of been trickling them out. Uh, but what I need to do is like, Put them all in one place all the prizes and all the rules and all that official stuff but it's basically pretty simple uh every dollar you contribute is one raft ticket i just figured that was the easiest way to do it and what i'm going to do is when we hit a thousand dollars i'm going to raffle off an item and then every thousand after that and when we get to five thousand uh i'm going to raffle off everything that's left um so yeah head over to gofundme just type in bikes or death and you'll see it there or you can head over to my Facebook or Instagram there's a link so I just got back from the spirit world 100 in Patagonia Arizona and that was a really it was an amazing event and I'll probably talk a little bit about it after the episode but what I wanted to mention is it really highlighted the value in having a, a mobile podcasting studio because in order to record a podcast, you really need it to be quiet, you know, somewhat quiet. You don't want a lot of back, a background distraction, people talking, you know, PA system. Like they had a uh, mariachi band at the finish. Um, none of that is really conducive to recording a podcast. So my idea with the van is that it's insulated, you shut it, uh, and we can be in there and be relatively, uh, it'll be relatively quiet, quiet enough to be able to record an interview with somebody. So it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of an event or out in the middle of the desert, I'll always have a quiet place where I can record podcasts. So it really uh, became clear to me how important if I want to travel and uh, cover these types of events and go to these events and like talk to people, the, how important like that van really is. Um, thank you to everyone who has already donated. Um, please uh, take a moment and go do that. You know, this show is 100% 
supported by the community, listeners like you. It would not be what it is. It wouldn't be anything if it weren't for people who uh, took the time and a little bit of money to kick it my way and uh, keep the show going. So whether you want to donate to the van or find other ways to help contribute to the show and its growth, I'd ask you to listen all the way to the end. And at the end of the show, I'll talk a little bit more about how you can support the show. Um, But for now, the only other thing that I'll ask is if you will go to iTunes and leave a review, uh, it's a big deal. It's how people find the show. It's it's really the driver that allows other people to find it and uh, to get it noticed by other people who are seeking out the same, same type of content. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, again, today's episode is with Kate Gates of Mulberry Gap, and Miles Arbor is going to take it away with the intro. So let's get to it. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your boss, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. Well, yeah, so I don't have an outline. I just wing it. Yeah, no, that's um, great. So I kind of just let it go how it's going to go. But I mean, just general outline in my mind. Yeah, talk about this weekend, um, about uh, about your thoughts on bike packing, both on a personal level and then on a business level, you know, how you are incorporating bike packing into what y'all are doing and how you might want to expand on that and what inspiration you might have got mm-hmm. from this weekend, you know, that kind of yeah. stuff. So we opened in 2007 and 2010 dirt rag came yeah and that was still when like print magazines were you know and they're still around but they're definitely dwindling and about five of them i believe came out and did a big article and a big spread and it was just that really put us on the map yeah on a more you know just outside of like just atlanta or chattanooga that essentially knew about us at the time because i am going into a little bit of the history (laughs) just by default but um you know it was like my mom and Andrew's mom and Andrew, none of us were cyclists when we opened this place. The cycling market kind of found us and took us under their wing and just told us what to do and, and that those things would keep them coming back. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of under that, if you build it, they will come type of thing. Right. Um, but none of us were, none of them were cyclists. Like we didn't have this great business plan. We didn't have this huge marketing budget. We still don't. And it's just been personal interactions and sitting at those dinner tables and, and meal times with our guests and getting to know them and building those relationships that have, I think, been the reason that we're still here. And so we've just been really, really fortunate to have people that see what we're doing and love it so much and want to see us continue that they've helped make that possible yeah. because it, the, you know, the market also quickly tanked once we bought this place. So oh, it was yeah. like a really, what year really was that? Um, so we bought the property in August, 2006, opened January 1st, 2007. And of course by 2008, like yeah. it was rough. So I, I started a, a business as well, January 2nd, 2007. Oh, so nice. uh, yeah, I know what it's like <laughs> to own a small business yeah. uh, in an economic recession when you're targeting, uh, people's, uh, recreation dollars, their, mm-hmm. their 
uh, what what can we call that? Like their non necessities, you right? Know? It's like it's a luxury type exactly. expense, you know. Um, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, for me, my business didn't work out, which in this like as all things was a blessing in disguise, or sure. like worked out. I'm so grateful that happened. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I'm also so grateful that you didn't tank. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. And a lot of people are and yeah. we are too, but we've always, you know, there's definitely times even to this day where I like look back from a bird's eye view and I'm like, how in the actual fuck did we get here? <laughs> and like, how have we made it this far? And you start to realize that it's so much more than just you, you know, and yeah. people often come to us and it's like, you guys are doing a good job. It's, you know, and it's like, no, like there is no us without you, you know, mm-hmm. if you guys don't keep showing up and so telling true. your friends, like there is no Mulberry Gap. Dude, so. If people don't listen to this, I'm just talking to them. Like exactly. we're not talking to anybody right now. We're just sitting in the woods, just acting weird. St- sitting by a creek and like sitting in chairs, hanging uh, out. Yeah. 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 It, it, it really does take a village, but that's not to discredit like what we have, what you have here. Mm-hmm. Um. So actually, I mean, we kind of got rolling, but like, Take a second to just say who you are and where we are. Um, yeah. And, and maybe like what makes this place special? Because I could identify some things, but I bet you know too. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm Kate Gates and myself and my husband, Andrew, and our moms, Diane and Jenny, own and run Mulberry Gap Mountain Bike Getaway in LJ, Georgia. Um, and we've Wait, been Ella J. Ella J. It's, it's not, not Elijah. No. Oh, we hear it all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you didn't even correct me on that. I didn't hear you say it. So e- Elijah. El- L. Like literally the you know those little stickers that people put on their cars with the three letters L I J. Okay. Ella J. Ella J. Okay. I cool. know. Yeah. It's it's a lot of people mispronounce it. You're not the only one. Well, um, I, I think we got to set the record yeah, straight. Yeah, got to just hammer it this into This is your them. home, you know? We got to get it right. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually, I don't know. I actually, I like hearing what other people find special in this place more yeah. than from my perspective okay. because I'm in it every single day. And so sometimes those little nuances and little nuggets of magic can slip by me because I'm surrounded by it all the yeah. time and take advantage and of it's it. It's a job. I mean, yeah, you I are mean, working like... Yes, this is still fun. A job. Yeah. This is beautiful, but it's still a job. So, yeah, yeah I'd be, I mean, I'd be happy to share some of my thoughts. Um, the first thing that really stood out, out to me was the remoteness of it, um, both in like geography, mm-hmm. uh, population, and also uh, lack of cell and Wi Fi service. You yes. know, y'all do have Wi Fi, but as you, I mean, you told me before I got here, it's like, well, good luck using it, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you're right. I can like send off three emails a day maybe or anyway, but I personally, that, that appeals to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I like, I mean, driving through this beautiful national forest that I forgot the name of. Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. That, that's so easy. I'm from Texas. Chattahoochee, <laughs> man. Uh, but yeah, driving through this national forest and you're like, where is this place? Like, did they strike a deal with the National Forest to open this up? Or do they have a nice little end? Like, I didn't know what I was walking into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I finally got here, um, yeah, it's, y'all basically have a private end holding. I, I think you said 16 acres. Just under, yeah. Yeah, just under. So um, it's it's not what you expect. Like, we are in mountain bike, cyclist, outdoors person heaven right now. Mm-hmm. There's no one around us. It's just us in the middle of the woods. And... Y'all have all of the conveniences that you could want. I mean, you have cabins, you have camping, you have bathrooms, showers, 
And the most important thing <laughs> is the food. Yes. I know everybody talks about yeah. it, but y'all are like, what we're talking about is grandma literally <laughs> cooking in the kitchen. You're eating grandma home cooking and it's three meals a day, legit meals. Uh, I mean, it, basically we don't have to do anything, right? Like this is a real getaway. This is mm -hmm. a true vacation. Actually, I just remembered your hashtag. Yep. Hashtag just bring your bike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so that's that's accurate. Yeah. That's exactly, uh, that's the way it is. Like you don't have to do anything except for relax, show up for food on time, and uh, ride your bike. Yeah. Go ride your damn bike. Go ride your, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when other people say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, and then on top of that, obviously, uh, we're here at a special time mm -hmm. where uh, the Bikepacking Summit uh, identified y'all probably for a lot of those reasons. So maybe we could segue into talking about a little bit of that. Yeah. How that happened. And yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So last, so every August, uh, the Trans North Georgia comes right through our, our doors and we're a big part in supporting that event um, just because it's a point to point race. And a lot of people struggle with the, the logistics of, you know, getting to one end, finishing on the other side of the state and then getting back to their car and how to work that out. So we run a couple of different support services for them. Um, and it is a week of like, we love it, but it's also hell. Like it is <laughs> like, we just don't sleep. It's exact. It's exhausting. People are, riders are coming in for seven days straight at all different times of day and night. We opted years ago to kind of be a 24 hour service during that time. That's so really we're, cool. We do on-demand meals for, and that's that's super rare. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And then we have lodging and showers and, you know, they can clean up and rest and just get out of the woods for a little bit. And so we're just this safety haven. You're and, like a haven. Well, you said yeah, it. Yeah, that's just, what I was going to say. It's like a haven in the woods. It's, and when you're imagine. out there and it's pitch dark and, you know, all those things that you experience on a bike tour. But if, for these people that are racing it and just going so hard and it's August in the southeast, <laughs> so it's hot. Yeah, um, I've heard from people that that TNGA is a legit hard route. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. I mean, it. it and it's, I sampled a little bit, and I, I mean, we did it with loaded bikes, and better bring your climbing gears. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely real. But it is, it is such an amazing event. You are with people through their whole journey, from their their booking process through when they show up and they're super nervous, and then at the start line. And then you're picking them up, you know, either where they DNF along route or at the finish. And then you're seeing them come through here as zombies and in rare form, mm -hmm. you know. And you're just, it's amazing to see it from that perspective and be so intimately involved in this experience. Um, and it's very rare, you know. Yeah. It's like most, I think Kirsten from Brush Mountain Lodge could probably relate to it, just doing what she does on the Tour Divide. I was thinking... That exact same yeah. analogy. I mean, y'all are much like the Brush Mountain Lodge yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Including your hospitality. I mean, everybody mm -hmm. knows Kirsten for her hospitality. And that's one thing I wanted to point out was like, uh, the other thing that really stands out to me about this place is, mm -hmm. is the people who are running it. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you're right in front of me, but like. Uh, it's a whole crew though. It's not just me and well, Andrew. Yeah, it's Yeah. yeah. I know, that's what I want to talk about is like, number one, y'all are uh, for real passionate cyclists. You work a lot and you don't get to ride as much yeah. as you'd like to. And we all understand that. But like, I rode with you guys. I like, yeah. I've talked to y'all. Y'all, y'all love it. Y'all love the community. Mm -hmm. You're not faking it. This yeah. isn't just like a, a business model that's going to get the most, 
you know, bang for your buck, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, so that's one thing I just want to talk about is, is just, it just feels right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to put it. Just like, it feels right. Like all the people are on the same level. Mm-hmm. You know what cyclists are looking for. You know how to accommodate them. Um, and it just feels good. Yeah. You know, it feels like home kind of. And that's, and that's uh, what it, it's always been. It's like, you know, we have had such a loyal clientele as well. That's like, we've watched, they've watched Andrew and I grow up from like yeah. 16, 17 years old. Oh my gosh. And we've watched their kids grow up and are now like going into college. And, you know, we've, we've been around to where we're just a part of so many people's lives. And when they come visit for their annual trip, or even if it's every other couple of years it's like catching up with family mm-hmm. it's just you you sit down and you spend a few hours with them and like you're so rejuvenated afterwards and yeah. it's those relationships that fulfill you and make all the long hours and the hard work no doubt it. no doubt it's amazing yeah so that's a so big reward it, it it is a big reward it's and you know it's we look at each other often in the days when we're just like oh so <laughs> tired but it's like i don't what else would we be doing? Right. You know, it's like, if you, you want to were... be an accountant, is that what you want to do? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's like, if you're going to pour your heart and pour yourself into something every day, like, yeah, I mean, now y'all are building yeah. something here. Like yeah. this is meaningful. Yeah. And it, cool. it, it's, it's you such a positive it, I don't know if you have kids or, but I mean, so let's talk about who, uh, I mean, just briefly, like, yeah, who makes up Mulberry Gap? Mm-hmm. Cause it is a family business. Yeah. So, um, Grandma in the kitchen is yeah. mother-in-law, um, but she's 78. Yeah. and um, Looks in good health. She yeah. Looks like she's kicking. She's she's doing good. Um, so she's always been the chef here. And then my mom, who actually spends half of her time in Vero Beach, Florida, where we're from and where our families met, and Andrew and I started dating, uh, she spends half her time down there and half the time up here. So she'll come up for events like this to just pitch in and help and just do more of the aesthetic landscaping and stuff that we don't get around to a lot. And then there's Andrew, my husband and myself. And that's the core of the family that's kind of been around. Mm -hmm. Um, The three of them were there from the beginning. And then I joined six and a half years ago when we got engaged. And then we've got Palmer and Tori, um, which you guys have seen this Mm -hmm. weekend. And then uh, Dylan, who's not around, but he helps Andrew with a lot of the maintenance and construction and helped build that cabin with Andrew last, uh, this new one. Yeah, that's a nice cabin. It's that's a, like the luxury. It's real nice. I yeah. have to tell you, like, everybody here has been, <laughs> like, like, eyeballing that? that cabin. Yeah. Like, that looks baller. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, it's gotten a lot of coverage, actually, uh, on Outside Magazine and stuff. It's been... It's, that is so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't know. It, we've been really, really fortunate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then we've got some some other part-time help that will come in, in a few hours a week, like some uh, some high schoolers and just, you know... Yeah. But they're not around, like, super often. I gotcha. Um, pretty pretty tight-knit, small group. Yeah, and I mean, we're we're lucky because it can be living out somewhere this remote and in a small town and in a town that doesn't, the there's not so many people recreating. It's hard to find people that are like-minded locally yeah. to find a work space from. That. So a lot yeah. of people that have worked here currently or in the past have like moved, picked up their lives and moved out here Whoa. to be a part of it. Whoa. So that's, you know, that's a huge compliment. For but, sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the Bikepacking Summit. like. Yep. First of all, amongst all the other like really great things that have yeah. happened, it sounds like this is just a continuation. Yeah. How did that happen? So, yeah, picking back up on the TNGA. So, 
we, at the end of that event every year, we are just like sapped, we're fried. And um, so this time, or like last year, uh, so it's in, it's in mid-August, we were just needing to get out of here, just get out of Dodge for a minute. And I was chatting with Greg Hardy from Rockgeist one night on Instagram, and he mentioned the summit via those messages. And I was like, what is that? Mm. That's right up our alley. Yeah. And I had never heard of it. And he sent me a link and I looked at it and I was like, Andrew, we need to go to this. Like, <laughs> And it was, you know, like a week and a half away. And so I put a plug out on Facebook and was like, anybody else in this area, like our bikepacking friends want to go? Like we're considering just jumping in a car and going out there and like, we'll just all carpool. Oh, and one of your Mulberry Gap yeah, vans? Yeah, the shuttle yeah, vans. So, vans. Yeah. Cool, yeah. So in a matter of, I don't know, two days, seven people were like, I'm in. Airbnb was booked. Flights were booked. The people who were driving were like confirmed. And it was like, kind of, it was like, this was meant to be. It just worked out, you know? Um, So we hopped in the car and spent, I think about two days. We drove mostly through the night on the first night, but essentially two days to get out to Gunnison. Um, Landed and then pretty much just jumped right on our bikes and got on the overnighter, which was like we did this year on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, immediately realized that, yes, we're at like eight, 9,000 feet <laughs> and it's not as easy. Even though this is not that bad of a grade, like we were just, I was sucking wind in the back, just struggling yeah. really bad. But yes, uh, it was fun. And it was also warm and we thought it was going to be great so we decided at the last second to not bring our tents and cowboy camp Mm. and i absolutely froze my ass off all (laughs) night long and we woke up in like a sleet of ice was on everything like our sleeping bags and i had to borrow my friend tj's like pants that's the only way that my legs even stayed remotely warm so uh felt a little underprepared for that but uh, it was awesome, and it was just a really neat way to sit around and before all of you know sixty five people show up on Friday to have a, an evening or a couple of hours getting to know a smaller group that you're gonna spend a whole weekend with, and you know it's just nice to get a chance to to talk because when you're in a group this size, it is hard to physically sit down with somebody, mm-hmm. get to know them, and and build a relationship with all of those people. So. It was nice to just have that time, and uh, it was nice to... We didn't know a lot of people, you know, around here, and at this event, a lot of these folks we we are familiar with, but out there, you're... Uh, I think we knew Greg, and, and so we knew one other person on, on route, but it's... Oh, Kurt Snyder because he had just oh. done TNGA uh-huh. and was there, yeah, a couple weeks prior, so... Um, yeah, that that was neat. And so, yeah, we participated in the weekend and just I uh, loved the content. Um I loved the atmosphere and the vibe and I was I I always look at a lot of these events from a business perspective sure. and an event planning and organization, um execution, all of that. I'm just constantly observing those things. Yeah. Well, yeah, you walk you're like Dude, this would be really good at Mulberry. Yeah, Cat. I was like, like well, we're not, kind of perfect for this. It, we're, it's like we were born for it. Yeah, I mean, I was watching Lindsay and Neil from the sidelines and just like hmm. watching them deal with the food issues and you know just all of these little things. And I was like, and for the most part, they were extremely engaged. Obviously, facilitating that, but I could see where there there's things like what we offer with the food service to just take it out of their hands. They don't have to worry about it. And and having everybody on site. Right. Yeah. Because we did have an Airbnb that was within like two miles, which was really convenient. So last minute. And a lot of people there were also 
van camping, but there, I'm sure there were people tent camping somewhere, but I'm mm. not sure where they were. Right. Um, so yeah, it felt much more separated. It's like, okay, the, the presentation ends and people kind of disperse and they go into town for dinner and whatever. So you start getting these little micro groups, but here it's like, well, all those micro groups are still underneath the same roof, so to speak. And so you're still able to continue. I'm seeing a lot of micro groups. That's no, the cool thing. Yeah. Is like, I, I've been watching and like, you're seeing a lot of variety of relationships develop. Like all, like not everybody's always sitting in the same group is what right. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, if you look at you don't get tables, cookie. yeah, you, there's yeah. no clickiness. Yeah. Yeah. No clicky. Which is uh, which is cool. I could see like, yeah, not knocking what they've done. The fact it's all a progression. Every sure. day they they do it and they get better. And, Absolutely, and they learn and then they have opportunities from people like y'all. Um, but I can definitely see the advantage of having uh, everybody on site, and it gives you like whether you're walking to the bathroom, you're yeah. just like, oh hey, I haven't met you yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done that a, a dozen times yeah. or more. Just like yep. random people, I just hey, haven't met you yet, mm -hmm. and it's like everyone here is like that yeah so anyway yeah well it's just you know it is hard it is really hard to find a venue that can handle all those different categories yeah. you know it's just it's not common so yeah i i approached neil and Lindsay at that event just briefly and kind of just dropped it in their ear of like hey you know i i think this would be a huge success on the east coast because the last two years they've done it out in colorado yeah and i noticed a lack of east coasters just present there and part of it's travel and I totally understand that um and so they were here they were like yeah yeah okay you know I'm sure they get that kind of stuff fairly frequently and yeah it's hard to it's hard to know when people are serious but <laughs> Neil ended up coming down here for the Kahuta Cat race in November so you know only a few weeks later and they got to experience it mm -hmm. and it's that's when they were like oh and I, you know, from, they'll be better to tell this part of the story, but from what I understand, they kind of were driving home to, driving to get on the plane back and they were like, yeah, it needs to happen again. <laughs> like, you know, the summit needs to happen again and it needs to happen here. And so they, they reached out and we've been talking weekly and pretty frequently for 10 months, nine, 10 months now. And in the process, feel like we've become good friends and, oh, yeah. you know, we're already talking about maybe some kind of overnighter trip or not quick but you yeah. know doing something together just at this point it's kind of been a, a working relationship but we can tell that there's a good friendship a good there friendship, too yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean i i can speak a little bit for them because they were telling me uh how great it is i mean with the lodging everything on site the mm -hmm. food uh the access to trails i mean it takes a lot off their plate it seems like right um and and kind of puts it on your plate <laughs> yeah but i mean i don't know we do this every weekend yeah, it's, it's right it's what you do yeah so it's so it's, it's the plate it should be on yeah it doesn't feel like this burden i mean it's a bigger group than we normally have I mean, here let's be but honest, like Lindsay and neil probably have never catered many events in their life oh sure or, yeah you know i mean it's a lot they're they're growing and learning and all that stuff yeah they're and best so, friends they had paid their best friends to cater it last year did they? you know and yeah. they were just like but it's hard you know they they were like we didn't we had to keep going into town for more supplies, more food, because people were eating more than we thought. Yeah. And whereas, you know, we're used to gauging that and can, or got it down to a pretty good science yeah. now. Um, so yeah, when you're dealing with it all the time, it just makes sense. It's like, let us, just let us do it. We'll yeah. be happy to do it. It's a perfect fit. I'm, I'm really happy. I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity to do the first two, so I can't, I don't have any personal experience, but this is a really nice fit. Yeah. I'm curious, like, um, how much bikepacking has been a part of Mulberry Gap and 
if like this event is kind of like maybe inspiring you to develop routes or I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like what what is this event kind of So I mean, so we've been a part of the bikepacking scene and and began to understand it and realize that it was a thing in two thousand and nine when we were working with Dave Muse and he was, you know, had created the Trans North Georgia and was going to launch it, you know, decided early on to work with us and launch it from here just because we were willing to kind of step in and assist him with some of the support and logistics that were going to pose a lot of barriers for, for most people. And this was a little before my time. So I'll explain the story as best I can and, and as truthfully as I, as I can. Um, so that's how we, you know, got exposure to it. And I was always in school when the event was going on. So there was actually a lot of years that I missed it. And, but of course, since I've been here, like we've, I've been very intimately involved in the whole process and there's just, you know, it's really inspiring. Um, and then the ride, the divide came out and I know everybody talks about that, yeah. but uh, you know, if That's I think important. it'd be an interesting poll to do to see how many people have been affected by that movie. It's a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I need to interview Mike. Yeah. The director. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, so, and, and Andrew and I had hoped or, you know, even then that for our honeymoon, we could do that route. That was what we wanted oh, to do, wow. but That's it was awesome. just to get that much time off was just not going to happen. That's my problem. Yeah. It's really, really hard yeah. for a lot of folks. And um, so we've just kind of toyed around with it. And I think I had to mention trips and stuff enough in order for Andrew to take me seriously and that he thought <laughs> I could have the mental kahunas to go out there and actually deal with some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in 2014 or 15, I guess... Maybe 16. I don't know. It's all a blur. Yeah, I know. But he bought me my first, my first actual bike uh, before I was always on hand-me-downs from him. And so it was a, a birthday present and he got me a Surly Krampus nice. and we built it up, changed out some products and to make it a little bit lighter and went on the Huracan 300 in Florida oh, cool. um, over the first winter that we ever actually closed because we used to be 12 months out of the year. Um. And so we went, it's late January, it's down in Florida and weather is better than what it is up here. So we decided that would be our first trip. And uh, before that, I would get on my bike and ride around here, but because I didn't ride often enough, climbing these hills just really <laughs> sucked and was not fun for me. I didn't get it. Yeah. And I, after that trip, I was just hooked. There was just something about realizing that if I didn't have to do anything, but eat sleep and pedal my bike as long as i could physically go like what i could accomplish in a day yeah. or three days or four days and life becomes very simple yeah if like you... oh it was such a welcome change <laughs> it was so nice <laughs> yeah i think you could describe that scenario to somebody who doesn't bike pack or hasn't experienced before and they'll just they'll think suffer fest yeah but i don't i think very relaxing very peaceful and meditative mm -hmm. and, uh yeah it's it's very like I don't know. It just takes a lot of the pressure of the world and it just shakes it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really become like a, an important part of my life. Like it's gotten to the point where I realize that there's a lot of value in having those experiences. And mm -hmm. even if they're like shorter trips 
or in a nice spot here where you can i mean we did like even that one we did on thursday night mm-hmm. it was like i don't know was it 15 or 16 miles to get to camp yeah and then uh well well, yeah, depending on the route, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, yeah, that's another thing. There's a ton of routes you can take uh, mm-hmm. around here, um, but yeah, just a really easy. Not actually, I'm not gonna say it was really easy. That climb, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the five mile climb was like, oh, okay, come Hello. on, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, there's no like warm up out here, yeah, and there's I no actually, flat, no, and I have to like drive hours to get somewhere where I just need like time in a saddle without. 100 to 200 feet of gain per mile. Yeah. Like you just, it doesn't exist here. I need to come here to like work on climbing because I don't have any hills. We have people come out here and train all the time for things like Leadville and the Tour Divide. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. People come and stay a couple of days and. Yeah. What? So I bet like during the winter, whenever it's snowing in Colorado, you could come over here, other, you know, other states and, uh, and do some training, you know. And I mean, like, it can still be cold and wet and snowy here, but it's nothing like those winters. But right. yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little bit more manageable. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, are y'all going to be? Uh, well, uh, yeah. So we were talking about uh, your your kind of historicity with bike packing. Um, so, how much is this facility being utilized by the bike packing industry, or bikepacking individuals yeah i would say it's more individuals um we would love to see more like industry and corporate type stuff come here just because again it's such a perfect place for like retreats and that sort of stuff and we've done product launches and media camps and all kinds of stuff here which Mm. has been awesome um but as far as bikepacking in general it's definitely more on an individual basis we get because there's so many routes that go through our front door You've got Cahutta Cat, the Trans-North Georgia, um, the SALT route, which includes TNGA that uh, Brett Davidson was just talking about as an alternative to that Eastern Divide Trail. And then Kim Morrell, who was supposed to be here this weekend, but unfortunately couldn't make it. She's created a lot of stuff just north of us in in Tennessee. And some of those come right through here, Mm -hmm. uh, the Mountain 420. So, you know, there's four or five routes right there. And then you can create countless ones beyond that. Yeah. And and make your own. And um, yeah, so we get people that ITT that from mostly the United States, but I got an inquiry earlier this week from somebody from Belgium that's going to come to Atlanta for work and yeah. wants to throw in the TNGA into either side of his trip, you know? So you get stuff like that, but it's, we get quite a few folks that that do that sort of thing. Right. So, uh, yeah, what would a bike packer expect if they were to come here? Let's say you just show up with your bike. That's what, just bring your bike, right? So you got your bike and obviously if you're bike packing, you need your gear. Um, but they go to the front desk and they say, you know, what route should I do for this, this, or this? Like based on this scale level. Well, I hope that this call, this, it, or that conversation happens over a phone call prior to arrival uh, okay, and not good. like, Right when you show up, because if if someone is coming here and just has not done any of that research, to me, they're going to be in for a bit of an adventure. Um, Fair warning. Yeah, but all the routes are on bikepacking.com. I mean, the information is out there. Really? Okay. Um, So what we can help with is, depending on when, but there's certain times when we can do shuttles. Um, just helping people get to or from a place. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot to talk about the shuttles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you could really, like, you could do an out and back. You could potentially drop them off at a, a starting point, 
and then they could ride back here or something like that. That or yeah, or just a yeah point to point, which is the the TNGA, and um, we've helped people with that quite a few times. Or like they'll go park their car at the start, and then at some free point in our week, we take two of us and we go pick it up and bring a car back or okay. that sort of thing. Um, that doesn't happen very often right. at all, but it's there. Uh, lodging, you know, cabins or campsites, hot tubs, showers, hot laundry, which is a big one for people if they've been out for a couple of days or weeks. Um, food, but food is tricky because it has to be kind of pre-planned because mm-hmm. we don't function like a restaurant. So you can't yeah. just like show up and expect a hot meal. Um, well, tell you, why don't you say how it does work? So yeah, reservations, just calling in advance. We typically need 48 to 72 hours. Um, and we're generally closed Tuesday afternoon through Thursday morning. So we so we start dinner Thursday night and we'll do all meals through Tuesday breakfast. Yeah. And then the those other two days are essentially just a break. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but we don't like, we're 30 minutes one way to town for supplies. Okay. So it's, you know, if we forget a gallon of milk, there goes an hour, you uh, know. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that's like, we don't, keep a freezer and a fridge fully stocked for like random arrivals because yeah. it just doesn't happen enough. And Well, yeah, during the middle of the week. I mean. Right, right. But so, with reservation, if you wanted to come on a Wednesday, yeah. you could make that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. Yep. What else? Well, how about this? What was your favorite, what has been your favorite takeaway uh, from this event? Hmm. That might be an unfair question because I'm sure you've had a lot. Yeah, that is really hard. Um, on a personal level, not on a business level, but like what's something that you feel like you've really gained out of this? I really, in, well, I've gained a lot, but I really enjoyed Joe's presentation yesterday morning. I think that was a really emotional um, thing for a lot of folks. And I got goosebumps at least four times. Everybody was, else I talked to was crying. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was maybe some moments where I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very powerful. And then just even Rue's presentation last night too, just I, I've always, photography's always been a hobby of mine. I, I love expressing myself through photography and don't do it nearly as much as I want to. Um, but I just love the way that she tells a story through her photos. Yeah. And, oh, she had some breath. Oh my gosh. Which which one was your favorite? Do you? It's it had it those drone shots of all those switchbacks and that barren wasteland and not wasteland, but just <laughs> I know bar- what you mean, yeah, barren just, land. Yeah, and you're Do you like, remember the one, the switchback one where Lael was at the very bottom right hand mm-hmm. corner in her little red jacket? Little, that's the one I'm talking about. That yeah. one was like Dang, I don't oh, know. There was that one in the uh, yeah. There was there, there and then was there a was couple. one with the horses. Remember the horses were on this switch back up top, and then Layla was, was at the bottom. And I didn't see Layla at first. I just saw the horses, and then once I saw Layla, the whole picture like went. I it was is like, yeah. It is so hard to capture that. Yeah. And to show scale and to show steepness, and so yeah, just. Though I I loved that. That was really I amazing. Too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I very much appreciate what she is doing with that, but then what she has been doing, which is uh showing exposure and, and, mm-hmm. and letting people know what these 
races and these events and the athletes that are participating and are going through mm -hmm. and like us as fans of the sport and people who love it and are very interested. I mean, that is like Lael's on the tour divide and we're getting updates on while she's riding her bike. Like yeah. it's like breaking news. Yeah. Wasn't well, so she, I was overhearing another conversation about with her talking to somebody about, yeah, it's like this, not live coverage, but essentially you're getting these like daily updates and it, it helps people engage so much more and maybe not be so much on the side of like creepy yeah. dot watcher, you know? That's exactly right. <laughs> like now I, now I like understand that dot a little bit better because we, right. we've all been creepy dot watchers until now we're actually getting some, I released uh, like three podcasts during, during the tour divide with people who were on the tour divide when I released them. Um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting with, with media, but I love, I really enjoyed hearing from Rue as well. Both of those. I mean, the truth is all of them have been good. Oh, they have been great. And that's one thing that I really have taken away personally is like, this event is actually worth it. Oh, it's worth, yeah. it's worth the money mm -hmm. uh, to be in this facility, in this place. And these presenters are phenomenal. Like they have every banger in the industry that yeah. you could want. <laughs> coming to talk to you on a very personal level we are interacting with them uh they make it a point to uh engage people do you have questions what do you want to know mm -hmm. like let's talk about that you know right yeah it's not this formal presentation and then they all walk off stage right. into the back you know <laughs> it's like we they sit down right next to you and listen to the next person chat yeah so you know every I, all the presenter everyone here has been like awesome great yeah, yeah. so um, personable and and i you know going back to your question about what are one of my parts of what i'm taking away from this and for me it's sitting back and looking at a room full of people that were strangers a day and a half ago no. and are like over a hot plate of food and laughing and cutting up and exchanging phone numbers and email addresses mm -hmm. and Instagram accounts and all of that. You know, it's that connection and that community that is, it's, it's what we're here for. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, providing a really nice spot so that, relationships like that can transpire yeah yeah you're you're welcome it's been a it's been really truly uh awesome so uh why don't you tell people like if they don't know how to go how how like where they find you on the internet oh uh mulberrygap.com and we're on facebook mulberry gap mountain bike getaway and instagram mulberry gap mtb mtb nice MTB, yeah. awesome let's awesome. get back to work all right thank you <laughs> All right. Thanks again to Kate Gates, uh, who is willing to sit down with me. She's always a lot of fun. And I actually got to ride with her and her friend, Wendy, at the Spirit World 100. Um, Kate's Instagram is Party Pace Kate, and uh, she lived up to that name. And she was right in uh, my zone. Uh, both of them were. We were like threatening to be last of the pack uh, the entire day and we were all totally fine with that um you know that's one hard thing for me whenever it comes to racing is this idea that i'm going to go to you know a, a new part of the world uh, a beautiful place the weather was absolutely perfect and then i'm just going to go as fast as i can um, that's really contrary to my personality. Um, so I didn't take that approach. I did not race. I, um, 
I enjoyed it. I went slow. I took a ton of pictures. Um, I took moments to just stand there in all of the beauty and uh, had a really great time. Uh, that part of the world, we were in Patagonia, Patagonia, Arizona, which is like southeast of uh, Tucson. And I've heard so many good things. I mean, if you're kind of in the bike world, Tucson is always a name that comes up on a short list of beautiful places, especially in the winter, uh, to go ride bikes. And uh, so I was very excited to go check it out, and it did not disappoint. The town of Patagonia itself is uh, very cute. A lot of resources there. It's just a small little town with like 800 people. But, I mean, they got bars and restaurants and uh, well, what else do you need? Bars and restaurants. So they got a hotel there. Um, you know, they got they got everything you need. It's it was sweet. But then shortly out of town, you get into some beautiful desert. It looks like uh, it looks like you're on a like almost an African safari. You know, you're just expecting like a, a rhino or a giraffe to come. You know tromping through the the landscape uh it i mean it looked exactly like that it was really neat it was a beautiful uh area of the world and i'm glad i got to um got to go but again so i i got a chance to ride with kate uh there um for most of the ride and her and her friend wendy were a lot of fun we were both on the same page just taking pictures and really soaking it in uh so i got to know her a little bit better and uh yeah she's awesome so thanks kate all right, well, listen, this is the time of the show where I really uh, beg for money. Um, and I don't put it at the end because it's not important. I put it at the end because I figure that the people who are going to be getting the most out of the episodes, the people who are um, really more keen on supporting it are probably going to listen all the way to the end. You know, So I think I'm kind of like hitting my target market, so to speak. Um, but it's not because it's not important. Uh, you know, this show, it's important to me that I keep the show as pure as possible and I'm able to talk about whatever I want to whoever I want, whenever. I mean, you know, it's my show. I want to be able to, uh, not be influenced by an underwear company or a, uh, job location company or something that doesn't like something I say or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I just want to be able to run the show the way I want to and, the biggest way I can do that is by getting the listeners, the community, the people who are directly benefiting from that to to contribute. I mean, there really isn't any other way. I can go get advertisers and they can support the show and I can continue to grow it that way or I can beg you all for money. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm, I, I believe in democracy, so it's kind of up to y'all. So it's not that it's not important. I just, uh, <clears throat> I don't like the idea of, um, rattling off a bunch of ads at the very beginning. I know everybody's excited to get to the content. And um, when I listen to podcasts, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's get to it. So, um, now that the podcast is over and you've listened this entire time, uh, I would like to take the opportunity to ask you to support the show. If you're not already, Obviously, the van drive is first and foremost on my mind right now. Again, I really see the value in that. The van, uh, we just took it to Patagonia. It was like a 19-hour drive there and back. We pulled our travel trailer, and it freaking worked awesome. I am so stoked on it. It ran great, pulled the trailer great, uh, just everything. I mean, it really uh, – so I'm really stoked on the van, uh, but now I want to convert it into a podcasting studio. So, yeah. 
Uh, I already talked about that at the beginning of the show, so I won't hit it too much more. But other than that, the ways you can support the show are through Patreon. It's a monthly subscription. Anything from a dollar a month really does help. Um, I've said this so many times, but if everybody who listened to the show just kicked in like a dollar, you know, I could like retire from my regular job and just focus on this. And that would be, that would be pretty sweet. Not going to lie. Uh, and hopefully y'all would see the value in that as well, because it just means more content, more guests, uh, and probably better content. You know, if I can spend more time with it, then it's just going to be better. Um, so yeah, Patreon's a great one. And I also have created a PayPal, uh, donation button. That's like, if you think an episode is good or, uh, you just won the lottery, um, or you found a hundred bucks on the ground when you're going into Walmart or whatever it is, and you want to, you know, kick a few extra bucks my way, uh, please do, uh, every dollar counts. Um, and then just through merchandise, you know, you can go to, uh, www.bikesordeath.com, head over to the store, uh, and you will find all of our hot merch there and we'll get that shipped out to you. And while you're on the website, there's actually links to every single episode. Uh, there's links to PayPal, PayPal and Patreon and everything else your heart could desire. It's all there in one place just for you. Next week, I have a very special guest. Excuse me. I have two very special guests. Uh, we are going to be continuing on with our Bikepacking Summit series. And this time it is going to be Lael Wilcox and Rue. I can't say her last name. Shit. Sorry, Rue. But you know Lael. You know Rue. To my knowledge, this is the first time they have ever been interviewed together. And I am releasing that interview next week. I am so excited. I respect and appreciate both of the, these ladies so much for everything that they have done and are trying to do for our sport. They deserve so much credit, in my opinion. Uh, Lael has been paving the way and inspiring and showing uh, everybody what is possible on a bike, um, not just women. Uh, I know that she has been hugely influential to so many women to get into the sport, but on a personal level, I can tell you when I look at Lael and I see her just decimating the field and doing it with such a positive energy and always smiling and just her attitude of always being grateful to be riding her bike, I draw so much inspiration from that. And we wouldn't know about Lael if it wasn't for people like Rue and other people who are taking the time to cast a light and to bring us into that world and into Lael's life a little bit and just kind of further that stoke, you know, give us more inspiration and more content. Uh, I don't know where bikepacking coverage is going to go, but you can't deny that Inspired to Ride has been hugely influential in in fueling the stoke in the bikepacking community. And there's been a huge gap that has yet to be filled. And the way I look at it is Rue and people that she's working with are, are kind of picking up that baton and running with it. And on a personal level, I'm super grateful, but I, I could go on and on honestly about these two ladies. Um, but next week you will get to hear from them directly from their mouths. Uh, so yeah, I'm very stoked about that. Um, all right, people, that's it. I will see you next week. Until then, go ride your damn bike. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. 
day or maybe more you just love being in the great outdoors everything you need is strapped to your boss including that new pillow you got from santa claus and then you think oh shit to yourself you left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf bikes 